promotional consideration for growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank, Drexel University, and the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here is Matt Cabry. So folks, get comfortable. Relax, because we have a great conversation here on Growing Greater Philadelphia. We're thrilled to welcome Shannon Maldonado. She runs a really unique boutique company called Yowie. Shannon, thanks for taking time out to join us. Thank you for having me. I'm really intrigued, and I'm anxious to learn more about your exciting story in growing a business here in Greater Philadelphia. Share with us a little bit about your story. So I grew up in South Philadelphia native of the area, went to Central, and when I was figuring out where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do, I went to New York to study fashion design right after high school. Excellent. Lived in New York for 12 years, working for various companies, Ralph Lauren, American Eagle Outfitters, Tommy Hilfiger, loved it, loved fashion, had a great, great time. But towards the end of 12 years of doing it, just started to hit a wall creatively where I just wanted to do something else. I felt like there were all these other things that I had behind the scenes that I was into that I wasn't able to work on. And I started plotting nights and weekends, my business, what this business I wanted to be. It kind of started as a fun art project, I would say. Yeah. And it wasn't called Yowie at the time. It was just a home shop or some kind of home space that I was working on. Gotcha. So once I started plotting and scheming that to a point that felt good, I made this decision pretty soon after deciding I was going to do it, that I was going to move back to Philadelphia to do it. It was a big part of the story that... I felt like what I wanted to do and what I wanted to create didn't exist here. And I just this weird urge to get back here and do it here. It didn't feel like I could do it anywhere else but here. So I just started planning that and the rest is history and I can explain more of that over time. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. I do want to unpack some of that. But I I also am intrigued by and I want to go back to your time at Central High Mm -hmm. School and your kind of vision for wanting to be in the fashion industry. Is there something that kind of triggered that is there a moment in your either you know middle school or even elementary school years or your high school years that caused you to say this is my path yeah i've just i have two very crafty parents i call them Mm because neither of them work in the creative field but my mom is amazing at sewing she taught me how to sew when i was 10 years old so i've been making my own clothes and accessories since i was in middle school and i used to shop fabric row which is actually where my store is located yeah since I was a child for notions and fabric and different projects I was doing. And then my dad was the one that was always into like the science projects. So he would help me with those, but just two very creative parents that nurtured my creativity. So over time in middle school and high school, I was making my own clothes. I was just staging little fashion shows at my church and just doing all these small creative endeavors Mm -hmm. that by the time I got to, I'd say 10th or 11th grade, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a fashion designer. I don't know what that means, but I want to figure out how to be a fashion designer. So I started working on my portfolio to go to FIT in New York. Mm -hmm. I applied to a couple schools, but that one was the one that struck me as both creative and also business minded, which I think has just always been in me to be like a strategic creative person. So that's where I landed. I love those roots of your mom teaching you how to sew when you were around 10. Yeah. Because some would suggest that sewing is a lost art. And uh, it's probably not something that's practiced as much as people think it should be. But I also suspect it's actually practiced more than people think it is. Definitely. I think, especially now and what we do as well at Yowie, 
there's this been the shift in the maker movement. Mm-hmm. I think when my mom was younger, it was all about sewing and home economics. And now it's just shifted to ceramics, textiles, risograph printing. There is a whole new movement of craft. It's just evolved in a lot of ways, but it's still there. And there are a lot of people I still know that make their own clothing, dye their own clothing. I think it's just shifted generations and what it looks like, but it's always been there. Yeah. And I have to say, too, I feel like it's making a little bit of a comeback. Oh, definitely. I've talked with a lot of folks who are sewing a lot. Yes, definitely. And it's I think it's like a meditative thing. Once you get into sewing, it's very calming. Mm -hmm. You feel so accomplished when you create a project or you create something, you can wear it out. And someone's like, oh, where'd you get that? And you're like, I made this. That feels so nice. It's like the hugest compliment you can get. That's really great. Yeah. And inspiring. Your story yes, of definitely. you know making your own clothes in high school and kind of starting to live your vision and your passion for fashion mm-hmm. is really inspiring. And Thank then you, you went out and actually did it. Yes. I think I'm a kind of person, even now with my business, I tell people I have almost this FOMO with myself where if I don't do something, I'm worried I'm not going to do it. So right. if anything, I do it before I'm ready right. just to make sure it happens because I have so many ideas every day that pop into my head or I meet up with a friend and we think of a collaborative project. I just have to keep going. Yeah. And I've always been driven in that way for better or for worse. And I probably drove my parents crazy yeah. and all the things I wanted to do. But driven <laughs> is the key word there. You Definitely. were clearly self-driven. Definitely. So New York, FIT, and you invested 12 years of mm-hmm. your career and your life living and working in New York City. And you were describing a moment ago that, you know, I'll interpret that as, uh, you know, you were plotting your next step. Yes, definitely. Uh, what was the trigger for you that caused you to say, you know what, I've been here 10, 11, 12 years, probably started 10 or 11 years in, and you started to plot, you started mm-hmm. to think. Was there a trigger that said, I got to make a change? There was definitely a trigger, but it was also kind of this slow unfold of every job I had would teach me something different and show me something I think I wanted down the line. So one of my first jobs at American Eagle was I worked on a startup team Mm -hmm. of a children's company that's no longer around. But the team was six people when I started. And by the time they closed the line, it was 78 people working there. So I got to see from start to finish how a brand is created And it made me so excited and so hungry to maybe one day do that myself. Like everything from creating the actual product to marketing, to photography, to designing a storefront, to designing campaigns that get people excited, PR. I saw every single step. And I think that was the first thing where I'm like, wow, I really would love to do that one day on my own with my own parameters. And then throughout the time I was at American Eagle for nine years, I got to design outerwear and denim and all these different categories that also reminded me how much I love being a designer and a creative person. So I think those two things combined just slowly started to show me you want to be creative, but you want to do it on your own, in your own way. And maybe it just looks a little different than this. Yeah. So I joke with people that I started Yaoi because I hated my job. Right. But I think I just am this anxious, creative person. I just got a little bored and felt a little bit stifled in what I could actually achieve there. And I just needed to do something else. And I left my job on great terms. I told my bosses, like, I love you guys. I love it here. But there's this other thing. It's like a hum in the back of my mind. It's pulling me away. And it's also pulling me home. And I was like, I can't do it here. I need to go back to Philly and do this. I just know 
that the audience is there. I know if I build it, they will come. You know, as they say, I was like, I have to go back. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm hearing, actually, Shannon, is it's an evolution. Definitely. You've evolved personally and professionally to where you want to be in your life. Definitely. Um, We're talking with Shannon Maldonado, a native to South Philadelphia, who spent 12 years up in New York working in the fashion industry and then had that moment of, I'm coming back home to Philadelphia. And she has started a company called Yowie. So share I love with the us. way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Share with us, what is Yowie? What is Yowie? So I said I love the way you say it because one of the reasons I chose the word Yowie is it's a very exuberant word. Yep. I feel like you say it with a positive inflection, even if you don't know what it is. It's like, yes, or wow, or yeah, it's just it, really it, upbeat. It, yeah, it drives um, you in that direction. Yeah, and I see myself as a very positive person, so it felt like a good connection, but I had about 130 names picked at one point, narrowed it down to 10, then to five. Yowie is an Australian word in Mm -hmm. context. It's their word for Bigfoot. So it's a mythological creature that lives in the woods. Wow. And I just thought it was really fun and kind of silly. And since it's not a word that's native to here, it has no connotation. And people always say, what is Yowie? Sure. And in the context of our store, Yowie is a home and life shop. Okay. They specialize in art and design products that are handmade, and that can be anything from ceramics to art prints. We also sell independent publications and zines. And then we have a small line of artist series t-shirts that I work on with friends. We just have like wacky ideas and we print 10 to 20 t-shirts based on those ideas. Very cool. Thank you. So one of the things that caught my eye is, if I understand it correctly, you kind of started out as an online operation and then evolved into a bricks and mortar operation, which I think is unique because a lot of times what we're seeing, especially in the retail space, is just the opposite. Definitely. And I think when I started to tell friends and family that I was going to open a store, they thought I was a little crazy because you keep reading the headlines, retail is dead. Stores are closing, malls are closing. I think that's definitely true. But when I was at American Eagle for that nine years, it was my business school. I got to see how a big guy operates a billion dollar company. And I got to work on categories that every decision we made, every design I made was a million dollar idea, potentially. And through that, when I left, I wanted to see how can I take what I learned and apply it to something much smaller and more sustainable. So I think retail is not dead. It's evolving like everything else. And what I think I've worked hard for us to do really well is it's very personal. There's a human interaction there. I'm at the store most times and you come in or friends of mine. I know most of our customers by name. Mm -hmm. There's just this one-on-one interaction. I can tell you about all the products in our store, all of the artists I work with. I know their story. A lot of them are my friends. So I think it's just becoming more experiential and more personal. Right. I wasn't afraid at all because I knew if I put, it sounds a little cheesy, but if I put a lot of heart and a lot of thought into it, I knew that people would connect with it in a different way than they would a big box store. And they have. It doesn't sound cheesy at all, yeah. Shannon. It really doesn't. I, I love your vision for what you're building. And what also stands out for me is what you're describing is you're building a community. Definitely. Both online and in real life. Definitely. <laughs> because there's only so much you can do online yeah. with a community. that You can do so much more and have so much more impact when you're actually interacting face-to-face with different folks. And I know that's important to you yes. uh, from reading a little bit of your background. And I'd love for you to expand on that because you're getting involved in ways that, you know, maybe the average boutique owner or small business entrepreneur isn't necessarily doing. And you're doing it in a way that has a specific focus. Definitely. I think when I left my job 
My first goal was to open a store, and that started by we were based online for about a year solely, and that was just a good test to see you know what products people were interested in from us. And then when I got back to Philadelphia, we were still based online, but I started doing these pop-up installations, which is a temporary retail space inside of another store. Okay. So we'd build a fake version of my dream store. And kind of like a test lab almost. Exactly. And I used, we did seven in the end over the course of a year. And that was my first taste of just having this one-on-one conversations with people about products, about what they're looking for, what they're missing. And it was such a great thing for us to do that when we landed in the store, I was like, oh, I'm actually meant to open a store, but I'm also meant to build this community around Yaoi of artists and creatives that are looking for a place to meet other creatives. So now we just turned uh, one three weeks ago. We have an active book club. I'm on the board of directors of Fleischer Art Memorial, and mm-hmm. I work with them actively. We have a monthly meetup series where artists and creative meet up, and we just do like a lunch that we get catered by a local restaurant, and we just do a workshop or we share like grievances or things we're challenged with and just connect with people. And we just keep having these events where it's not even about the product. It's just about just get to meet somebody new, get to share something you're working on, maybe connect with someone. I just had a coffee with someone today that took my first class at Fleischer and he told me five of the students met after the class. And like, it's just amazing. Yeah. I just love connecting people. I right. don't think I knew that until I started the store. And I now I see my role as not just a shop owner, but as a connector right. and a community member. Yeah, and the beauty of that is you never know that the tentacles you have out there yeah. are actually going to come together in, a, in an unexpected way. Definitely. Yeah. And now I feel, now that it's been about a year, I'm like, oh, of course that was what it was meant to be. But it right. had to just happen really organically in that way. I love how you described your evolution, if you will, at Yowie as um, we just turned a year. Yeah. And we just celebrated our first anniversary. <laughs> We're one year old. Where do you see Yowie in three years, in five years? Yeah, I see Yowie growing into a couple of things. I think my three main focuses as channels for us is number one, the store. The store is always going to be our hub, our meeting place. All of our products will live there. It's my second apartment. I joke with people. Yeah. And then the second channel for us is we're launching a line of wholesale products. So it's products that I design. We're starting with pillows and some ceramics that we can also sell to other shops outside of the city just to continue to build our brand outside of Philadelphia. And then the third channel is I've really gotten into meeting with other small businesses, doing consulting work on interiors and design and just still just, again, connecting with people yeah. outside of the shop. So those are the three channels for us. And I love that third channel because you can provide a perspective to somebody that they're not expecting. Definitely. And you actually can develop a new perspective, similar to what you were describing before of, you know, when you set up these kind of pop-up shops, I think you mm-hmm. called them, in other stores. That was really the the foundation for your business plan. Definitely. And, and shaping what your store is going to look like. Definitely. And I think spending 12 years in New York, it does feel like a bubble often. Mm-hmm. You get a little jaded of what things cost, what people are looking for. Everyone in New York is creative or it feels like that at some point. Right. And when I got back to Philadelphia, I was like, wait a second. It's a different place. It's a blue collar foundation. You know, a lot of people work regular jobs and I worked really hard to balance our price points and make sure the store feels as accessible as possible and just really connect with people and hear from them what they're looking for. That's not in the market here in the space that we're trying to live in. That was really important to me. Yeah. You referenced Fabric Row. 
And I will tell you, I grew up in Philadelphia. I'm a native of Overbrook, live out in Chester County, okay. uh, greater Philadelphia community today. And I actually never heard of Fabric Row. Uh, is, is that something that historically folks view that area of Queen Village as being Fabric Row? Yeah, so the street that we're on is it's 4th Street from south. Technically, I think it goes to Fitzwater is Fabric okay. Row. It's a street that, like I mentioned earlier, I have always been drawn to because I used to make my own things. I think back, it used to be historically a fabric district. It was only fabric stores and then famous 4th Deli, which is still there. Sure. And over time, it's evolved. I've talked to neighbors, and it became this thing where the children of some of the fabric shop owners just didn't want to own a fabric shop. So it slowly kind of trickled down. I think there's now four or five solid ones that are down there. Gotcha. But what's really cool about it as a block is it's really evolved into this unique ecosystem of shops. There's shops like me that are year old and the two shops to my right, one is 25 years old and one is 33 years old. Wow. It's just this amazing mix. And a lot of the shops are women owned. Mm -hmm. It's a mix of boutiques, hair salons, food, like I said, the fabric shops. We have a kitty cafe where you can go hang out with cats and adopt cats. Sure. Yeah. Um, we have like one of the best Jewish delis in all of Philadelphia. It's just such a cool, vibrant mix. And when I was coming back, there was no other place I thought my shop should be. Yeah. Hands down. There was no like thinking of other neighborhoods. I'm a South Philly girl at heart, number yep. one. Yeah. And then I was like, of course it should be in Fabric Row. It's this like eclectic, crunchy, artsy block. Yeah. It makes sense for us. And it's just a really, really cool mix. It's very diverse. I love it down there. But I do think it's a little on the sleepier side if you're outside of Philly, like proper. But I've been working with other shop owners. We're working on like marketing strategy for the neighborhood as a group of like, how do we get more eyes down here? Not enough people know we're down here. But once you get down there, every customer that I've brought from other neighborhoods are like, so cute down yeah. here. I didn't know all this was down here. Yeah. They get so excited. Yeah. And I just want to share that. It's an amazing stretch of four blocks. It's incredible. I know the area you're referencing in Queen Village is a really cool space. And mm-hmm. I would encourage folks, if you haven't been to the Queen Village neighborhood of South Philadelphia, I it's would so encourage authentically folks to go. Philly. It, it really too. is. That's yeah. what it, the, the architecture, it's so South Philly. Yeah. I love that about it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So not only are you an artist and a very creative person, But you're also a small business owner. I am. And an entrepreneur. So what advice do you share with a young person, maybe who's listening now, who's going to school at Central High School and, you know, grew up in South Philadelphia and has a passion for, if not fashion, but maybe for being an entrepreneur, help them navigate some of the lessons learned that you experienced. I definitely think one of the biggest things is just being a good planner and being a good researcher. I spent so many nights just reading articles on fastcompanyinc.com, just learning about how other people did it. I listened to How I Built This is one of my favorite podcasts, where it's just a story of small and large business owners and how they failed, how they succeeded, their story. Yeah, I, I, really I love that podcast love too, by the way. So and much. I know it's now going to be your second favorite podcast, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, second to this one. <laughs> but no, it's it's just, I think it's good to research and plan because it's going to be so much trial and error for better or for worse. But I met with other shops, like I sought out other shop owners yep. and said, can I take you out to lunch? Can I get you a coffee? Can I just pick your brain yeah. and hear about the ins and outs? I think that's a really great thing to do. And to also, I think for me, it's so important. Make sure you are doing something different. 
I think we're in this space right now with business where people are almost afraid to take risks because it is very risky to start a business. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, just know and push yourself to challenge yourself to do something very different that's missing in the marketplace. Right. I think that's a huge one. So that's a nice pivot to your kind of pride. When you think back on the past, I'll say 12 months because you celebrated a year, but I suspect it started much earlier than that, maybe 18, 24 months or so. What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of seeing people connect with not only the shop, but the pieces that the artists create for us. I love everything in the shop. I joke with my friends and family and even the customers that the shop is my child. It's my yeah, baby. So right. it's like the highest compliment when someone walks in like, your child is so beautiful. Right. You know, it's That's like great. as a mom, you feel so proud. Yeah. So I think it never gets old for me when someone comes in the store and they walk around and I see their eyes light up at the pieces and they pick up a product and they're really studying it and examining it. And I can tell they're in love with it. And then they'll come over to me and say, this is a really great shop. Like that, it's so simple. It's the simplest compliment, but it's just someone connecting with something that's so near and dear to me and something that I work so hard on. I do everything by myself. So it just, it's so much pride in that. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. And you're in a unique position, Shannon, in that you were born and raised in Greater Philadelphia and you spent 12 years in New York and you've come back home to Greater Philadelphia, make your home in South Philadelphia. So for those of us who don't get a chance necessarily to explore other parts of the country and the world. Share with us what makes Philadelphia so special. I have this really unique relationship with Philly because I grew up here and left and came back. And there's this really great mix of old and new here. The city itself is a very old city, which is beautiful. There's so much historical architecture. I walk around all the time and find streets I've never been on. Right. And I grew up here. Yeah. So it's like the mix of the old. There's shops that I've been going to since I was a child. There's restaurants I've been going to since I was a child that are still there that I go to all the time. Right. And then we have this amazing food scene that I'm like, I go out to eat as much as I can afford to because we have so much amazing food here. We have a great music scene. We've, I feel like we have a burgeoning, evolving art scene that's happening with a lot of young kids that are starting their own galleries, yep. which is incredible. You're like an explorer. I, I do. I love, I came back and I just jumped in head first of like, I want to know all the things. I want to see all the things. I want to meet all the people. I tell this story about Yowie, how when we had our first pop-up, I didn't know anyone in Philly. I moved away and I probably had six friends that were still here, like good friends. Yeah. That so would come to your pop-up That would shop. come to my pop-up, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I said I'm going to do this pop-up. So I spent, I would say, a solid week on Instagram just deep diving, going through art galleries that I thought were interesting, restaurants that I thought were interesting, and just finding people that I thought would connect with my brand. And I cold emailed 150 people wow. and just said, hey, you should come to this thing I'm doing, and sent them the flyer, and it was completely personal and genuine. And a lot of people came out to our first pop-up. It was incredible. And a friend of mine took a bunch of pictures at the pop-up so that I could remember this moment. And I was recently looking at the photos. I think I know every single person in those photos now. And I didn't when we did that event two Septembers ago. And it's just this incredible thing of just putting yourself out there and connecting with people. And I really do try to do that in every aspect of our our shop and myself too. Good business is about the relationships we have with others. Definitely. And and I know you're building on that now. Yes, definitely. So aside from Yowie 
and aside from some of the restaurants that you uh, love to check out, you have friends down, hypothetically, from New York or somewhere yep. else in the world. And they say, hey, Shannon, where should we check out in yeah. greater Philadelphia? What, do you, what kind of advice do you usually give folks who are asking that of you? Totally. I try to send people to very specific places. Yeah. So I love the PMA as an institution. Yeah. But I tell them, go to the Cy Twombly room go to the Marcel Duchamp room. Like these very gotcha. specific rooms that mean a lot to me. Marcel Duchamp is one of my favorite artists. Yep. And the last piece of art he ever created is at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Right. And a lot of people don't know that outside of Philadelphia. Right. So I send them there. I send them to um, Magic Gardens on South Street. Is It's so simple, but so beautiful. Yes. It's just such a fun place to explore and take pictures. Isaiah's work is amazing. Yep. I send them just to walk in Society Hill. I tell people, I'm like, just walk and look at the architecture, look at the alleyways, especially in fall and when cherry blossoms are out. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. It's, it looks like a, I'm a, I love film too. So it looks like a movie set. Yeah. Some of our streets here, they're so beautiful. I haven't been to the historical stuff in a very long time, but I think that's also super important. Absolutely. Um, and I just tell people to go to different neighborhoods because I think they all look so different. Like, the architecture in South Philadelphia is completely different than the architecture in West Philadelphia. Right. You know, so I really say move around. Like, don't just go to one neighborhood. Definitely explore. And I try to go with them so that I can see all the things, too. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. a good strategy. Selfishly, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'll just invite myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love the very broad, eclectic, and diverse kind of purview you just shared, which, you know, ranges from the Magic Garden, mm -hmm. which is actually really difficult to describe what the Magic yeah, Garden is, Yeah, exactly. To the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Mm -hmm. You know, they're very different, but they celebrate creativity and art in very unique ways definitely yeah. and one is this you know institution right the pma it's like our biggest most important museum yeah now i think people are trying to say the barns as well but sure. i'm pma old school pma girl yeah and then i think magic gardens is this more grassroots yeah. artists also neighborhood an institution thing. In its own way. exactly like yeah. a smaller institution yeah. where you just can't leave there and not smile. Yeah. It's just so fun yeah. in there. It's so cute. Yeah. You know, without overusing this word, they're both iconic, just in different ways. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I see his work, his mosaics are definitely an anchor of our neighborhood. Living in Queen Village, they're everywhere. Yeah. You can't walk past a street without seeing a couple of them. And Shannon, I just want to thank you. you thank you've you. You've really brought, you know, a unique perspective to the types of businesses that we love to showcase here on Growing Greater Philadelphia through our Select Greater Philadelphia team, where we, we talk about businesses large and small. And yours is one that is really transforming not only your life and the lives of people who are connected to Yowie and appreciating all that you're doing, but you're also transforming the landscape of Greater Philadelphia by your vision and the fact that you're delivering on it. Thank you. That's a huge compliment. You're a welcome. really huge compliment. Yeah, Thank my you. pleasure. So, you know, one of the things that I immediately love about Yowie <laughs> and Shannon Maldonado is your positive energy, your kind of spirit of can-do accomplishment. And, you know, I'm not surprised that you're so successful because that's how you carry yourself. Thank you. I, If anything, I feel like I annoy my friends and family by being such a cheerleader. But I think I've seen over time that's part of my role in this whole process is I'm an advocate for artists. I'm a cheerleader for artists. I go to visit their studio and artists can be very aloof down on themselves, hard on really hard on themselves. And I am too at times. And they'll show me a piece and I'm like, like, I don't know. What do you think? And I'm like, this is amazing. 
amazing. Are you yeah. kidding me? I love it so much. I need it right now. I need ten of these. Like yeah. I just that's my that's just who I am. Yeah. You I get very the, get very excited about things. That's great. And you provide <laughs> that lift because you're Definitely. to your point. Not not everybody um you know has that naturally. And when you yes. gather around others who can infect others in a positive way like that, it's really good. Thank you. I I love to show someone something maybe they didn't see in themselves. Thank you. Shannon, thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you so much. This Fabulous. is so fun. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Hey, this segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to us by Independence Blue Cross. They're a proud sponsor of Select Greater Philadelphia. Independence Blue Cross is the largest health insurer of the Philadelphia region, serving more than 2.5 million people locally and 8.5 million people in 23 states and Washington, D.C. You can learn more about Independence Blue Cross at ibx.com. Check out all of our podcasts and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia.